Pleased to have with me as my guest on the John Riley Project, Poway Unified School Board candidate, Terry Norwood. Terry, welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you uh, visiting the uh, fabulous podcast studio here in the living room. <laughs> it is fabulous. <laughs> Everyone should try it out. <laughs> okay. So um, anyways, I, I know, you know, we're, we're really in the heat of your campaign, you know, what is about two weeks, maybe a little less than two weeks until the big day when people vote. People are already voting now. I know that's happening. So tell me just how's your campaign going? Uh, What what has been your experience when you're out there talking to voters? Very exciting. Um, You know, I ran two years ago and that didn't have as much momentum behind it. I um, was my first time ever running for a public office even though I'd worked on other campaigns. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of getting my feet wet. This time, it's been fast-paced. Oh, yeah. It's hard to to stay ahead of it or in Mm -hmm. line with it, but it's been wonderful. Um, Running into people at different places Mm -hmm. and saying... Look familiar and that's good. Uh, yes, it's so if you good. have it's name, good. face recognition, yes. that's a good thing. Yes, and uh, I'm very hopeful. I know it was mentioned at one forum that I'm trying to achieve the impossible, but I plan to make the impossible possible. There you go. Okay, good. <laughs> so it's Running into uh, people door to door or out as I'm canvassing has been fun, too. Some people are well aware of what's going on. So the questions that I get from them are similar to what I've been following. And then other people want to know, well, what are you going to do to change that? And I know we'll get into all of that. Right. Um, So Well, it's good to know that a lot of people are paying attention because... You know, generally speaking, school board races are pretty far down the ballot, right? And ours is on the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so um, that doesn't mean it's not important. It just means that, you know, there are a lot of other high profile, you know, U.S. Congress, you know, bigger, uh, higher profile races are going on. And sometimes people don't pay attention to the detail, especially if they don't have a child in the school district. Right. But it's encouraging that there are people paying attention. And for those that do pay attention... I mean, it's like a, a reality show. I mean, there's just a lot of drama, yes. you know, you know, the good, bad and the ugly. Right. It's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so amongst the people that know what's happening, you know, that have been following the news and paying attention, what are some of the issues that they raise that they are problems they hope that you can solve? The budget is one of the big issues. And then the three two split and. Not very much collaboration on the board. There's always mm-hmm. arguing, it sounds like. So those are things that concern people the most, mm-hmm. um, especially when I get into explaining what the board's responsibility is. They're an oversight committee. Right. And so they should really be working together in some way. You don't have to agree on everything and have similar personalities. I think it's actually better that you have different personalities. Mm-hmm. It's just 
You need someone that is able to look at each person's strengths and call on those when needed, um, respect everybody's opinion. And then together, we're a team that listens to the district leadership, bring us the issues that are arising, and then we evaluate it. Yeah, it's interesting you say it's like a, um, an oversight committee. I mean, because sometimes people think of it as, you know, Congress, you know, it's Republicans <laughs> and Democrats, you know, battling. Um, and then, but on the other hand, a school board is a lot like a board of directors of a company. Exactly. Right? right. Where there are people that have a vested interest in, in, in this case, a vested interest in their community, a vested interest in their children and the children in the community. Mm-hmm. A vested interest as a taxpayer, exactly, um, and um, you know, and, and a person that just has, is interested in the overall uh, well-being of their neighborhood, of their community, of their of their uh, quality of life. Right. And so, yeah, you would hope that uh, people could come together. I mean, honestly, I think people think Congress should come together, you know, and find and those common There's a lot more values. people in Congress. There are. And a lot more at stake. There I, is. So. <laughs> but, but, it's, but for school board, they're, they're, uh, I mean, if you were to think of it like, I always think of it like a Venn diagram, you know, those overlapping circles. Mm-hmm. The overlap is huge amongst all the candidates that are running and the incumbents. It's a matter of finding the, those, common, those common values, right? Right. So how would you approach that when you're trying to maybe solve this logjam of the three to two? <laughs> well, I'm not an unknown to the board members because I've been paying mm-hmm. attention uh, to what's been going on for quite a few years now. So my first um, task would be to have individual conversations. Um, definitely nothing on the agendas, but... Get to know them more than I already do mm-hmm. so that I will know what their strengths are and mm-hmm. what their interests are. Um, for ex- uh, example, Michelle O'Connor Radcliffe went to Stanford, mm-hmm. um, has a special needs student just like I do, and we have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. So so work together on what we have in common yeah. and how we look at things. And so I think relationships um, foster people getting along. And Absolutely. that's a strength of mine mm-hmm. that the boards that I've been on before, um, professional development committees that I've been on, I'm the outside the box thinker. Mm-hmm. And so that's proven beneficial because sometimes you need an outside the box perception to get you to collaborate. Right. So it's one of my strengths. That's to, a good thing. To look at each person, respect each person, and bring people together. And if we don't have the answers, then we go look for the resources. Right. We, we aren't going to be knowledgeable about everything. That's why we have lawyers that are part of it. Of course. Um, we have the teachers union that we discuss things with. Um to support staff, union. That makes sense. I mean, uh, well, first of all, I think it's smart to try to build relationships because in order to work with them, you know, you have to kind of scratch each other's backs, right? And so you can help 
other board members get what they want. They can help you get what you want, and together everyone is happy, right? Mm -hmm. But to your other point, um, yeah, you don't necessarily need, as I don't think as a school board member, need to be an expert on every single topic. That's why there are paid professionals that specialize in each of those niches, right? Mm -hmm. So you really are the voice of the people, you know, the voice of the parents, of the taxpayers, of the residents in 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 the in, in your in your district, right. in area C. Right. And you well, can translate what they want and what their concerns are in, in terms of getting that appropriate representation on the board. Mm -hmm. And I, I won't be just representing District C. So even though District C people are the only ones that get to vote for me, I ran at, at large and there are benefits to both. Um, I know RB has been wanting a representative on the board for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So this is a good opportunity to get that because I've been here for 20 years. Well, you're the only RB resident running in, in Area C, right? Yes. Well, and even in B, there's no one from RB. Yeah. If there's a big portion of Rancho Bernardo in the District B, but right. no one from is from RB. That's right. They're all Poway candidates right. in Area B, and then right. your two competitors in Area C live in Rancho Penasquitos. Right. Wow. So yes, that's not mm -hmm. the only, should not be the only reason you vote for me, but mm -hmm. if you can't think of anything else... Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Watch more podcasts. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Look at my website. Yeah. Um, on the RB planning board, so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, I've been an advocate since I was 21 years old. So, um, but getting back to um, being a board and who are we going to represent, um, just because we're in districts doesn't mean that we won't be focusing on the big picture and all the oh, students. Of course. And, yeah. um, we will need to have, I think we should have more subcommittees myself. I know at a couple of the events during this campaign season, um, it has been brought up that there have, are a lot of subcommittees. There are only two that get talked about and have been active this year, and one has only been active for like two months. So what so, are the two subcommittees that exist and which other ones should exist? <laughs> there's a... There's a budget committee and then a safety committee. The safety committee just right. formed two two months ago. And that's part of why I'm running is um, there have been too many incidents on school campuses and in our communities um, for safety the safety committee to mm -hmm. have just been formed or for any changes to have just been formed. I was PTA president at RB High um, when there was some safety issues that went all the way to the board and the whole community came out to demand changes. That, that was last year. There was that big incident at, was that, okay. at Ranch Bernardo well, High, right? I was president last year, but uh -huh. um, I was president hmm, 14, 15, 15, 16. Oh, wow. After my son graduated, which... He was like, Mom, I'm leaving. Why aren't you leaving? I said, I'm You were the president of the PTA connected. after your kids had aged out? <laughs> Man, you were yeah. dedicated. Yes. Wow. Well, if you were at RB High School, you would know that the vibe around there is exciting. Yeah. And people are connected. Mm -hmm. um, Dave LeMaster is just doing a fabulous job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, to, I follow him on Twitter. He's a good guy. Yeah, together yeah. Um, with the foundation and ASB and the teachers, 
Um, he does a great job of listening. Mm-hmm. And um, I was listening to what the parents were wanting. And so Transform Grad Night and the PTA programs, we got students on board. Uh, worked with the ASB uh, director, Terry Rogelstad, and had the students come to our meetings to understand how the board is should be run or, or a meeting should be run. Um, and they became more involved. It was very exciting. So it it's really been rejuvenated since yeah. he's been there and a fun place to be. And gosh, state football champions and yeah. so many other CIF banners. Oh, yeah. It's, and the parents, they're just so dedicated. They're, I know all the other high schools do too, um, but that's the one I'm most familiar with. And um, well, it's amazing I've enjoyed when, it. It's amazing when a new leader comes on board and how it can transform the entire culture. Exactly. Right? I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're looking through, looking, I mean, we can look to the camera. I don't know. There's, there's a word for that. It's like looking into the third dimension or I can't remember what it's called, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. This is yeah. just a podcast. This is not Hollywood. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> kind of feels like Hollywood, but the, you know. Um, so that's, that's great. You know, RB high, um, you know, my kids all went to Poway high. So, you know, big rivalry, green versus yep. blue. And, but it's neat though, that even though my kids went to RB, I mean, to Poway high, they've always had a great relationship with, the, with everyone from yep. Rancho Bernardo. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a really, like you said, a lot of CIF banners Their baseball teams always very good, yes. you know, so, yes. uh, outstanding. Yeah. So good. Good. So well, my daughter, when she just, does, Mm-hmm. see how our family has transformed a little. My daughter went to Cal Poly slow, so yeah. she had to change from a blue Bronco to a green Mustang. Oh, no. So we did make the change, and we have a lot of green in our house. Uh-huh. My favorite color is red, and my college was red, so... So, you, but you're Stanford, right? No, because no, you're no. saying M- Michelle went. Michelle to Stanford. went to. Stan- I just know that Michelle went to Stanford. Okay. So, Where, where'd you go to school? I went to Biola University. All right. Yeah. But nice. As a as a bold student, um, I went back in my 30s. You did. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's hard to do. It was very hard to do. So you were a parent by then, right? And parent of two, and a wow, son that had been diagnosed with a learning disability mm-hmm. and uh, some challenges in our life as military, of military yeah. family. And yeah. of course, your traditional certain family members passing away, which has its own dynamics to any family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty uh, tenacious and stubborn. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Hard, work hard. Well, and... Stubborn, or you can maybe say persistent. Okay, I'm persistent. Okay. <laughs> And that's good. Um, wow, that that's remarkable. I mean, going back to college as a parent, a parent of a child with a disability. I mean that that's huge. That's that's a huge commitment. It is, and I I don't want to take that away from anybody else by saying that. Well, if I can do it, you can do it. I think everybody's different right. and has to forge their own path. Mm-hmm. And I just knew as a teenager that I wanted to go to college. I don't know. I kept asking my mom if I was the FedEx kid, but no, she, she wanted to claim me, which is nice. I love her too. <laughs> um, so I, I made my plan for high school, you know, all the classes that you had to take to get into college, mm-hmm. but you know how life goes. My parents divorced, then she remarried a guy in the Navy. So we started traveling the world, which... Ah has its benefits. And fortunately, I inherited a good perspective on life that even though I didn't graduate 
with a 90. I graduated with an 89 because that's how they scored things. Right. Gave you instead of 4.0s or 3.95s. I graduated with an 89.4. And because I had moved every year of my high school years, I didn't have enough credits to get into university. So I didn't go to university. So bummer. Where did, well, before your mother remarried, where did you grow up? And then once you did begin begin traveling, where did you travel to? Gosh, Um, I grew up in Bell County. I say Bell County because my dad liked to move around to different jobs. So Mm -hmm. there were three towns that we would move periodically to. Mm -hmm. So- Wait, now where's Bell County? Texas. Texas. Sorry. Doesn't everybody know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's the heart of heart of Texas. Okay. Um, so I love football. Oh, yeah. 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 Friday Night Lights is big out yeah. there. Yeah. And it's, it's right up there with religion, you know. So come on, preacher. Get it over with. We got to go watch this football game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then where did you live after that? So um, my mom remarried at 16 and we moved to Italy. Italy? Yeah. Really? I moved out of Bell County. Had some road trips up to Ohio where my dad's family's from. Mm-hmm. But other than that, went down to Corpus and Rockport area a uh-huh. couple summers with some friends. Yeah. Um, but that's it. So we get to Italy and boy, that was a, a culture shock. Yeah. However, the Dodd schools are wonderful. The students that are there. Dodd's Department, Department of Defense. Department of Defense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, those students have traveled all their life. Well, yeah, yeah. So they're used to having people come and go. And I I think it was one of the best years of my life as a teenager because yeah. you were accepted no matter what you were. Yeah. It, it's ideal. Um, Where in Italy were you? The football, Sicily, actually. Oh, okay, here we go, football again. Okay, <laughs> here, the, you're pu- being punted. Yeah. So yeah. Sicily, I, I always think of the Godfather, you know. Yes, and, yes. So, but it's, yeah. it's, it's. I uh, can't talk about those stories. <laughs> <laughs> but the climate there is similar to San Diego, isn't it? It's yes. kind of dry yes. and, and uh, warm. Yes. Right? Yes. So. But it's, yeah, beautiful, like oh. San Diego, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Had a wonderful time traveling. Oh my gosh. So I think we had a class of 40, which is actually similar to the class I was attending in in Texas, Um, graduated with 39 other people. So in Sicily, we didn't have a lot of other schools close by that played the same kind of sports. So we would travel to Rome, Naples, Vicenza, Milan, um, to play against the other American schools, so the diplomats' kids or maybe okay. an Air Force uh, base. Yeah. Um, so, talk about living the high life. We would fly to these other cities because we were so far <laughs> south. I felt like an NBA player, right. you know, or an NFL team. What sport did you play? I played tennis and basketball. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's what you need at PUSD is we need uh, chartered airplane flights. To <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> we have a budget problem here. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just joking. Um, that is awesome. So, wow, you're like 16, 17 years old. You're flying all over Italy. 
playing sports. Crazy. That's crazy fun. That's yep. awesome. And the people that I went to school with, the, the students, they're so talented. Um, oh, I yeah. have memories of we would spend the night in the school, the classrooms, and one was a music room. And I remember one of the guys from the, uh, the soccer team, he played the piano. So we would just sing and dance and while he played the piano and it was wonderful. Uh, we would walk the streets of Rome or Naples and have Orangina and a loaf of bread and a ball of mozzarella. It was just a great experience. That's great. That, that I think a lot of kids don't get to have here. Mm -hmm. And how long so, did you stay in Italy? Until what age? One year. One year? Yeah, because my mother had married him after he'd been there for already a year. Okay. So um, came back middle of my senior year, graduated with um, the people I had left Oh, back a in year before. Texas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I went back to Bell County. Okay. Yeah, and graduated from Troy. All right. Which is known as Troy Aikman now, town of Troy Aikman. Is that where he's from? No. Oh, you just call it that. It was named that because it's named Troy. Okay. And, and he was big in the late well, he, 80s. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. He went, <laughs> well, he was, did he go to Oklahoma or was he uh, from Oklahoma? I'm trying to remember. Um, Wrong person to ask. I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I don't I'm know just, that answer. That's, a, that's okay. That's okay. Um, My phone a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have a lifeline. It's like, who wants to be a millionaire? Um, no, but yeah, uh, Troy Aikman. Yeah, well, yeah, he's. Where, where I mean, obviously he's a cowboy, but I'm trying to remember where he went to college. I didn't he go to Oklahoma? I'm not sure. Anyways, um, that that's an impressive. You know, I mean, you were yeah. So how did you end up coming to San Diego? Fell in love with a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you you're know, one. It's of, my mom's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up near an army installation, Fort yeah. Hood, Texas. Yeah. And my dad um, was out of the army by the time I came along. And yet we would still foster, so to speak, army um, personnel because they didn't all have families. So we'd have them over for dinner mm -hmm. um, or afternoon, you know, bake cookies, whatever. And they were so crazy. And obviously the food at the mess hall was very, wasn't very good. So they ate my dirt cookies. Oh, no. Yeah, because I had to put them in a coffee tin just like my mom. Okay. And they didn't know the difference. And oh, I don't know that they have teeth anymore. Anyway, <laughs> um, but my dad kept telling me, no, you can't marry a guy in the army. No, no, no. Got to have a stable life. And then. Well, you didn't do that. Nope, I didn't. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they got a divorce. My mom. Uh, met a guy in the Navy through a mutual friend and we went to Italy, came back home for my graduation and then we moved to Alaska, which is where his next, my stepdad's Alaska. next job was. Sicily to Alaska yeah. with Texas in between there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Adak, Alaska, which is in the third island in the Aleutian chain. So we're closer to Russia than America. Okay. And that was pretty cool because you'd have Russian paraphernalia. So the third island at the end of the at chain? At the end, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so Shania was the last. Uh huh. And then I can't remember the second one. And then Adak was the third one in. 
how big was that island? Not very I big. I used to know all this because I worked yeah. for the airline there, and I can't remember anymore. Um, it wasn't very big, no. There, there's a there's a port somewhere along the Aleutian Islands that is like I always think of it as like a really rough place to live, and a lot of sailors or like not really sailors, but like private fishermen go in and out. Um, Kodiak. Maybe I'm not yeah. sure. Ketchikan. There's yeah. a lot of places out there. There, there are, yeah. Well, and it's all pretty rough. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's out in the middle of an ocean. Yeah. And the weather there's pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. We got off the plane June 12th, and I think it was mid-afternoon, and there was a little bit of snow on the ground. And the sun did not set until two or three in the morning. And it was back up at like five or six in the morning. That means it's really cold. It was very cold. In June. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like there in, in February? I mean, it's probably brutal. Uh, in February, not that I was one of these people, but there were usually babies nine months after February. Oh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I, 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 I know what you mean. We call them okay. um, alphas, whiteouts, because seven-foot snowdrifts, and you couldn't get to work. You couldn't so, even walk next door. So you couldn't get out of your house? No. It was snow all the way up against your front door? Right. Oh, yeah, we had little heaters in our cars that came in from the garage. because. That's, how long do you live there? Two years. Wow. Well, it's fun. It's really fun. But I have this perspective that I, my parents gave me of adventure and yes. put your best foot forward and um, this, look at the, the fun because you're going to miss the fun if you don't look oh, for well, that. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is terrific because I think this gives you um, – Great skills, you know, as a as a person seeking public office, that you can relate to people in all kinds of different cultures and different scenarios, you know, different um, strata of the um, economic ladder, right? Um, so you know how to be able to connect and relate to different types of folks. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. um, I bought my first curling iron with our green stamps. <laughs> I had no idea what green stamps were. I didn't know we barely had any money growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought toast and gravy was yummy because my mother made it taste really good. I don't know what she did to it because I certainly can't make it. You know how you get a, a craving for something you grew up with? Well, there is nothing like mom's toast and gravy because I cannot make it. <laughs> it, it sounds like it would be really easy to make, but yes. it's probably really hard to get it. There are no lumps, but it just yeah. doesn't taste good. As, yeah. much, as good as mom's. She knew the secret ingredients, Well, right? and I probably don't want to know, other than bread's just carb and gravy is pretty much flour and water. Yeah. And so how healthy is that? Not, <laughs> but I'm sure what made it taste good is something I don't want to know because then I would probably not want to eat it. Oh, well, probably what made it taste good was your mom's TLC, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A little bacon grease or yeah. Stick of butter. Yeah. Well, this I stick love of butter can work magic. It can. It can. <laughs> yes. Um. By the way, Troy Aikman went to UCLA. <laughs> that came to me. You got it. Okay. But he grew up, I think, in Oklahoma. But anyways, uh, um, that was a big jump. Oklahoma uh, to UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. No question. 
So let's talk a little bit more about um, Poway Unified. And you know, we talked a little bit about the three-two split. And uh, let's let's you know you're running against two incumbents. I mean, you said you know you're trying to do the impossible, right? That's a that's a steep assignment, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you have a strategy on how you think you can kind of carve a path right between the two of them. I mean, without you know giving up your whole you know st- strategic plan. But can you give me a sense of what makes you different and how can you open up that lane for you to maybe you know come in and at the finish line for victory? How long did we say we got for this? Because okay. um, I'm I'm playing a lot of different um, cards. Um, I grew up playing cards every Saturday night. If I wasn't dancing at the dance hall with my family, we were playing cards at the dinner table. So, are you a hot. poker player? Not a poker player. Well, huh. maybe it was poker, but we didn't play with money. Okay, we just played um. Um, some. What's it called? It's it's like a rummy. Yeah, like gin rummy. Gin rummy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember playing that. So I'm playing a lot of cards. Mm -hmm. Um, One is the easy female card, but having Terry as a name, I strategically put Teresa on the ballot so that, you know, women card, you know, because I'm different. You are. Yeah, you have to play up your differences. And if you think 1992 was the woman of the year, you just wait. Oh, th- this, this blue wave of 2018 yep, is supposed to be yep. a lot of women, female yep. candidates. It's going to be a tsunami. Right. Starting here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good. So that's one. And I'm getting some some comments about that. I didn't know you were a Teresa. And I'm like, does that change me? <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. Or your mother um, and Teresa. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're putting those two. Oh, my kids have fun with that, too. It won't go there, though. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, some people were saying um, you're going to split the Democratic vote because one of the other uh, people that's running is a Democrat. Yeah. Um, I say, well, I'm not going to split the Democrat vote any more than I'm going to split the incumbent vote because there's two incumbents on there, and they're so. I I just put it back at people to say, think it through, um, look at the look at each person. Um, I, I, there's a reason I'm running. Um, the two incumbents have had four years mm-hmm. to get things done. Um, one of them has had many opportunities, and he will be the hardest to beat. But I'm doing a very good job of um, it's the right word. It's okay. <laughs> Spoiling it. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of support, and I think they're tired of the three-two split. They're tired of, you've had four years, you're not getting anything done that we want you to get done. The budget has continued to, to be in a deficit, and there's been expenditures that have been put on the books that um, we have no revenue to, to pay for ongoing. So our budget, our revenue is not sustainable for the expenditures. So, you know, the safety issue. There have been so many incidences at high schools and in the community where, um there have been shootings. Um, so there's been opportunities for the district in the last four years to, to improve the safety plan. It's, it's still dated 2013. I was on school site council at RB High in, at that time, and we were evaluating the safety plan there. Why wasn't the board? Why haven't they done it? It's no excuse for that. That's your job. Um, Ask some of the tough questions. Say this is where we need to be going. 
what is our vision? Does anyone know what our vision is? Do we have a plan? It just bugs me that there's no long-term plan. When I asked Ron Little, what is our budget, um, you know, 10 years down the road, and are we going to be able to pay for the billion-dollar bond payments in right. 2031? And he said, well, we don't project out that long. What? Why not? I, I one thing I'll be working on. We yeah. need to have a plan. Yeah. And the bond didn't pay for as much as it should have because it wasn't managed properly. Um, there was no project director um, for the school. Um, now we have a project director, but do we have a plan in place? Do we know what we need to be replacing on our maintenance um, on the classroom side? Do we know... How many tables and chairs we need? Do we know how many textbooks we need? I've been watching the board meetings for six or seven years now, and I was shocked at how old our textbooks are. Maybe not every class needs a textbook. Maybe it needs to have software that will be upgraded every year. Um, But we've got a plan for this so that we know what needs to be upgraded when. There needs to be preventative maintenance, and we need to be setting money aside to pay for when the hot water heater goes out, pay for when mm-hmm. the HVAC goes out. Mm-hmm. RB High just had to, um, we or the district had to take money out of the coffers to pay for an HVAC system at RB High because it wasn't taken care of in the bond. The bond was supposed to go for maintenance, and not all the schools got maintenance. So, yeah, yeah, there's not a plan. I want a plan. Good. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, projecting out, you know, future years is a little bit of a crystal ball, right? Sure. But you still can have an, a, a, a roadmap. And while revenue from the state is, is unpredictable, you can make conservative assumptions. And then as far as expenditures go, well, you have a good sense of what your costs are going to be because you know how many children are, say, in the fifth grade now. Right. That in four years, they'll be at RB High. Right. And so you can kind of work with those numbers and build a plan, especially if you know there's going to be X percent increase, you know, to for labor costs or right. other expenses. Um, but, yeah, there, there needs to be a plan when, um, when that, that billion-dollar bond comes due. And that'll mm-hmm. be coming due in... What about 15 years, right? I think it's 2031. Yeah. It was 20 years from... So that's in 13 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. And so that'll be a pretty hefty uh, line item in the budget that'll have to be paid and, every year. And granted, there will be taxes that will come to pay for that. But the taxes we asked people to pay when we made the bond were not the amount that the bond is now because right. of the... Um, the type of bond. Because it's a capital appreciation right. bond. Yeah. Right. And for people that are not aware of what that is, think of um, your mortgage as having a balloon loan. Yeah, like so. no, no, <laughs> no payments to principal or right. interest for 20 years. Right. And then that just keeps building and right. building. And then come year 21, you've got these giant payments. Right. And that was, that was actually, when that was sold to the voters, it was sold without a tax increase. So I don't know how the heck they're going to do it. So if we get you elected, yeah. there are no term limits, and you can do yeah. a great job and then help guide us by the time we get to 2031. Well, I, I, I definitely want to guide us um, to have a plan. Right. But without a plan, I mean, how are you going to retire? You know, do you have a, if you're 
the company you work, surely you have a retirement plan of some sort. Um, maybe it's small, maybe it's large, depending on your mm -hmm. income or mm -hmm. when you started planning. But, you know, this crystal ball, you, you hope to retire. Yeah, so of course. you put money into your 401, yeah. your Roth. Yeah. Um, maybe you get a little pension from the military mm -hmm. or um, like the teachers have a pension. Um but hopefully you're looking at that dollar amount and saying, I still am going to need a little bit more if I want to live like this, because you have to uh, incorporate inflation. Oh, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Same a, for the district. You know, and I've always said this, that I think the city of Poway does a really good job of this, mm -hmm. you know, of, of planning for the maintenance on an HVAC system or planning for the replacement of vehicles um, and, and doing it in such a way that they're not having to borrow, you know, significant money. They save for that rainy day and then they use that cash. If only our school district could follow their lead. Yeah. And there is a reserve, but it's not very large anymore. And I did have one person uh, that I ran into when I was knocking on doors that said, well, L.A. has uh, a in the millions deficit, um, whereas ours is thousands. Well, it's a million. Anyway, um, and I said, so that's okay that there's that large of a deficit, whether it's small, large, mm -hmm. you know, six-digit 12 digit, um, why is that okay? So I want to know more about our budget. I don't think the board knows everything there is about the budget and that's clear with um, the lawsuits, um, withholding um, information mm -hmm. to the whole board right. about the expenditures for the lawsuits. Um, Special education, we know a lot about it, but I don't think we know enough um, to for the district to advise a fifth associate superintendent to be hired um, to litigate or manage the special education needs. To me, was n not the best plan, but again, there wasn't a lot of information at the board meetings, and that's where most of us get our information is going to the board meetings. Mm -hmm. And so as of today, um, I, or when elected, I want to ask some, some questions about that position um, because I'm not sure it was the best use of our time and money. Um, I know that there are a lot of lawsuits out there and a lot of families that are having trouble having their children diagnosed and having their children's needs being met. But I don't think that hiring a fifth person at the top is more is more important and will solve the solution than four teachers in a classroom, especially at the elementary level. So I would have asked those questions about why do we need, you know, call it a $300,000 district leadership package in salaries when we could have had four teachers in a classroom right. that could have done some more identifying or be special education teachers so mm -hmm. that we can take care of our own. So, um, my story with my son is, is long and similar to other people's, um, but he was basically told there's no room. We, he's not bad enough, so we have other people with bigger needs. Really? And that's acceptable 
can you at least give me, can we have another program to where you can help me figure out what my son's needs are rather than waiting until sixth grade when he's failing everything and four years behind? Mm -hmm. That's a solution. Mm -hmm. That's absurd. Wow. So with my advocacy work that I've been doing since I was 21, which is almost 30 years now, um, I just couldn't handle that solution. And so I switched from my focus being for military families um, to education and learned what I needed to know about an IEP process because at that point, I clearly got an IEP. Um, and that took a long time because there were t at least 20 people at the table from the district and me and my husband sitting there. It felt like an inquisition. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I... That <laughs> just got this mama fired up, and I did my homework and wrote down all the different parts of the IEP to figure out what we would get from the school, what I can ask for, and then I worked with the school on what they thought would be best for him. And then we also um, hired a tutoring company to help with those needs because it it was clear to us that the school didn't have enough resources and he was four years behind. So we wanted to help him catch up. Um, so he needed more help. So IEP is what individual education plan, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a customized program that matches the needs of your, of your child. Mm -hmm. um, well, they had the resources to hire another associate superintendent. Uh, the, the associate superintendent's not the one that's going to be directly helping the child. No. And, and yeah, that's the, a shame. It's not about the person. Of course not. Um, yeah, we're because not. he has a lot of experience helping special oh, yeah. education families. Yeah. It's I don't think that was the best use of our money. Right. Uh, so there, it's there, things like that yeah. that I will be evaluating and strongly ask for the background information as to why the district leadership, who has a lot of the training, to explain why. Yeah. That was the decision versus more teachers. It's it's interesting because, you know, you're the fourth school board candidate that has been on the podcast. It's been you and, and Charles Sellers and then uh, Ginger Kuvrad and Kim Garnier have been the four. Every single one of them have told me that when they are out talking to other parents and families, it's all about getting more resources in the classroom, right, to be able – you know, whether it's textbooks or it's teacher's aides or it's, you know, more teachers so there's less smaller classroom sizes. It's all about getting more resources in that classroom, yet we're still always coming up short, that there isn't enough resources to meet the needs of everybody. Um, meanwhile, you know, money is spent, you know, on a, an associate superintendent, probably a, a great gentleman, but maybe not the best use of resources. So, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, What's the plan? Right. What are they thinking? Can you tell us why? Yeah. Because 86, What's the strategy? 84, 86% of the budget is for salaries for all the staff, not, yeah. not just teachers, but district leadership, yeah. support staff, bus drivers, everybody. Um, so that means 14% or 16% goes for resources in the classroom and maintenance for our buildings and the yeah. technology. Yeah. Um, I understand that labor is one of the most expensive costs when you get your car fixed or you have your house repaired or mm -hmm. plumbing, you know, whatever it is. 
So there's even bigger reason to look at that 14% more prudently and ask ourselves, how can we do this better? Or, or look at the 86% more prudently, you know, or I can't remember the number, 84%. <laughs> but look at, the, look at the labor expense and yeah. say, how can we do that more efficiently? Yeah. Or, Which is tough when you want to provide teachers good, good salaries. Sure. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we need to transition at some point to a 401k type um, retirement program for teachers and not just in PUSD, but for the state. So that's something else that I want to do um, is lobby the state and like I did with for military families. So it was an advocate that would listen and go to focus groups and take information, gather it, send it to the headquarters office in D.C. And we would um, advocate to Congress along with 20 other entities in the military coalition for changes that needed to be made for military families. So we have dental benefits now. We have medical benefits. Mm -hmm. And all that's been done on my watch, and I've been excited to watch it grow. Bravo. Um, as, a, as a brat, military brat, <laughs> um, I didn't have dental coverage. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I would go you know, be the 100th person in line and get to go in a month later mm -hmm. to have any dental work done. So we got dental benefits, but that's all military. So with that experience, I want to start in California in the education system and utilize my connections, the relationships that I've made with PTA, um, work with the unions more and the support staff union, um, and businesses, which I think are very committed to having good education and, and the stakeholders in our community that may no longer have children in the district but will have grandchildren or they move to the area because they know school this has a, we have a prestigious school or had and they know that we've got to maintain a vet, the value so that our homes yes. maintain their of value course. yeah so it it's a very viable process to get the community involved and then go to our state assembly members and go to Sacramento and say, you have got to change the LCFF funding formula, and you have got to put more money into our schools. And through that, we will, all the schools will be better funded. Mm -hmm. So while we're looking at our 86% and trying to figure out how we can squeeze a little more water out of that turnip, yeah. um, we also have to be lobbying to the state. Wow. There's a you, just put, you put a ton on the table right there. I, I, if you don't mind, I want to comment on sure. a few things. Because you started talking about the pension programs. And um, what's interesting is, is that there is this sort of incestuous relationship between um, elected officials and, and unions that back them. And then... The, elect, the unions will endorse the candidate, help them get elected. The elected official will then help that those unions and give them greater benefits, right? And so you end up in this pickle now, and at least on the, on the state level, right, that the pensions they've been promised to state employees and to teachers has been so generous, mm -hmm. you know, to, to win their support. Now the pension fund has been unable to meet those lofty over-promises, and now school districts like Poway Unified have got to pull more money right. out of their pocket to meet this, this 
gap to, to fulfill the pension obligation. And then that's less money that can be used to provide resources right. in the classroom. And two things I want to touch on before we get into that more deeply, if, if we want. Powell Unified's not the only school district that's having this issue. Oh, it's all up, and all, up and down yeah. California. Uh, all California. And businesses are having problems with pensions, which is why they're going to 401k. Yeah, that's right. So this is not unique to Powell Unified. So I'm that's not right. wanting to suggest anything that isn't already happening in but th- but this is a society. this is a larger problem, right? I think this is where our state senators and assembly uh, elected assembly representatives have got to step up to the plate and Absolutely. address this. But as a school board member, as a school board trustee, you could be a great influencer. I will be because because um, if you can help optimize not only the the way that the pension program it transitioned into four hundred one k, you could also optimize the LCFF. Am I saying that right? LCFF mm-hmm. formula, mm-hmm. which is sort Local of Local control funding formula. That which is sort of a, a black box, right? <laughs> Where the money goes in and then suddenly Poway gets this amount. Yeah. If that could be optimized, you could increase funding for Poway Unified. So we could not only take care of our employees and our teachers, but provide more resources in the classroom. Yes. And maintenance on our buildings. You know, make them safer. Right. Uh, put in the appropriate gates. Um, we need the gates that you'd be able to that can lock from the outside, or you'd push on them from the inside and move out. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. going to take a lot of money. Yeah. So you, you, you brought up school safety before, and it's interesting because, like you said, the school safety committee, which I imagine are just citizens, right, that are participating. Is that right? They're yes. Not, they're not the school board members themselves. So I think they're a part of it. Okay, there are some a part people of it. that are on that. But, you know, it seems like our school district has only begun taking safety seriously recently since the incident occurred at RB High. When these school shootings have been going back, I mean, when was Columbine? That was in the 90s, oh, gosh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's surprising that there hasn't been a, a better plan in place for that. Right. Um, and... Uh, you know, and then when you need the money to provide those additional resources for safety, and suddenly you have a budget deficit, well, there's no money, right? You know, to to fund those initiatives, right? So it's going to take um, a very innovative approach to that budget to to transform monies, reprioritize expenses, mm-hmm. and clear space so you can put in those gates, right? One idea I have for that, and of course I won't know whether we'll be able to do it until I go to school board training and know how funds are or can be allocated. But Poway Unified is trying to expand its career tech education program by bringing businesses in and... um, sharing other job opportunities mm-hmm. rather than every student going to college. Right. Um, so more vocational training. More, more vocational. And I started that at RB High when I was PTA president. Oh, we awesome. expanded our college programs to include career readiness. That's because great. Because that was the term Powie wanted. Um, had to educate parents on career readiness means the Votech jobs that we grew up with. Right. Um, but just more... Um, a broad understanding of the different types of jobs. You don't have to be a doctor. If you want to be a doctor, you can be a research doctor. Or you can go into 
you don't have to go get a PhD to work in research. So just broaden their horizons on the opportunities. Yes. Um, so what this has to do with um, the district, we can partner with local businesses that are willing to provide us a small level of training so that maybe the leadership at the school is qualified to then update the safety plan, but also train other people within the school. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been through safety training. I, I worked with voluntary organizations active in disaster and have taken some Red Cross courses. And um, there are things we can do to educate the parents, the students, and the staff on better safety measures without having to spend millions of dollars on a program to educate. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's relationship building. It's um, not just having to pay a bunch of money. I love Godiva chocolate, but it's not, doesn't cost me an arm and a leg. Mm -hmm. So if that, if, if you understand what I'm saying is just, it doesn't have to cost a million dollars to be an efficient plan Agreed. or an effective plan. So I think we need to decide what our priorities are, right. for one. Yes. And I don't think the district has priorities. Uh, yeah, especially for you know creating new initiatives, there should be a prioritization. Yet again, another great thing that the city of Poway does. Um, you know, when Ginger Couvret was here, we talked a little bit about this, where there are businesses in our community that want to be able to provide that additional training right. and imagine, and, and have actually even provided funding because those businesses are desperate for good employees. Right. So it's in their best interest to educate the local students to uh, train them and build their skills so that they can go to work for the local businesses. Internships. Yes. Love yeah. it. Love what, it. What a great thing. I think it's fabulous. And so that's the out-of-the-box thinking, right? Um, so you don't need to stay within the boundaries of the budget. We can get creative with these uh, partnerships in the private uh, private sector. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I did some of that at RB High with the electronics and paper recycling, went out into the community or yeah, community and found two organizations that would come to our school, mm -hmm. made sure they were uh, compliant with insurance and brought the students into it to work the program mm -hmm. or work with the community mm -hmm. uh, and learn some, get the headphones off, you know, <laughs> put the cell phones away, uh, learn customer service. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And it developed relationships in the community to where a couple other students went to those companies and started another fundraiser. So yeah. I mean, it's fundraising, it's not an internship, but it opened their eyes to other uh, opportunities. And then I, we, I wasn't PTA president at the time, I was grad night chairman, where we worked with the robotics team um, on a fundraiser together. Uh -huh. And because they're all into the electronics, they met companies that came through our line to mm -hmm recycle and are working with them to figure out how they can further work together. I, I haven't followed up on that, um, but there's this one neighbor that I met in Westwood that 
he will con- he's going to connect with the robotics team at RB initially and because he has a bunch of machines in his garage that the robotics team has at RB and wouldn't it be great to put them together the the adult could help mentor because there is even though there's one teacher at the school it's great to get more people from the community sure. knowing what these students are learning mm-hmm. and giving them even more ideas introducing them to their friends and businesses in the community mm-hmm. i just even though we're in this digital age you cannot beat relationships in a conversation well it all comes down to that doesn't it it's all about relationships about communication. Mm-hmm. And even though, yeah, it's, there's a lot of digital, in the end, business is done through relationships. Mm-hmm. Do they still, you know, when I was a kid in high school, I did um, junior achievement. Do they still have that? You ever heard of that? Like in? It was like a, it was like a, a it, it must have been somehow affiliated with the school. And uh, when I was in high school, we would meet like, you know, in the evenings and we, we would brainstorm and come up with a product and we would go out and try to sell the product. And we had mentors from the business community that helped us do that. So it was teaching us about entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. team building and basic finance. Um, and it was fabulous. I'm not aware of something that that is spe- exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that there's um, a club at RB that works with a business in the community, and together they they hold events that put meals together. Okay. For local, but then overseas. Okay. So it's well, it's along those lines. Along those lines. Yeah. Um, and I know the robotics team has worked with some some businesses, a few businesses in the community. That's good. But whether all of that that you described is part of a junior achievement program. I, I don't know that specific. Though. Okay. Well, that organization, you know, I went to high school. Oh my God. I'm class of 82, you know, so I'm, I, the who 80s knows? were the best. Yeah. We were the Vikings. So, um, I don't know if it even exists anymore, but it was a great program. Um, if you don't have me switching gears a little bit, we talked a little bit about the budget and we're mm-hmm. in a deficit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's the structural deficit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the recurring revenue is less than the recurring expenses, but still there is an overall deficit. I think it just recently went into deficit, if I understand it correctly. And the next couple of years are projected to be deficits. They do a little bit of long-term planning. So one two or years. two years. Yeah, it's two always years. three years. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you solve that? Because you can't magically make more money come out of the sky from Sacramento. So how would you optimize our spending to balance the budget? It's going to take two or three different ways because I'm only one person on the board. So, oh, well, so let's assume you had the magic wand <laughs> that you could do well, whatever you wanted I'm, to do. I'm going to develop relationships with the other board members okay. so that we together can evaluate the budget and, okay. and come together to pass our solutions, okay? Okay. So that's one way. Well, you have to do that. I right. agree. You got to at so, least get I mean, a majority. I could, I could dream up, but if I don't, if there's not a board majority, it's not going to go anywhere. So the other thing is you've got to have all the information. Mm-hmm. Every board member has to have all the information about the budget. 
Right. So if you don't have all the information, you can't be informed. You can't make the best decisions. Um, so again, developing relationships so that people trust that I'm not going to do anything wrong, that um, I want to evaluate it so we can make the best decisions for the district. Mm -hmm. um, so I would want, I've already know one area that I want to look into and that's the special education area. What was the decision to have the fifth superintendent mm -hmm. oversee mm -hmm. student services but predominantly special education. Right. Um, I want to see that that was a good use of our money. Mm -hmm. um, the other is I want to plan for the maintenance and then classroom resources. And until I look at other pieces of the budget to know where that money's going, I won't be able to make decisions on where I think we should cut or move or mm -hmm. have different, um, institute different plans, because depending on what needs, where I think there might be an issue, like the legal fees that we pay, not just for special education, but there are so many fees um, payments that are going to like six different attorney offices. Why do we need that many? I'm sure there's a good reason, but I'm not privy to that right now. Um, is it necessary? Should I mean, I plan on having personal insurance so that um, should I ever need it, it's there and the community doesn't have to pay for a wrongdoing. Oh, I don't very plan noble. on doing anything wrong, but I'm, there's a particular instance right now where the district is paying for legal fees for something that a school board member did. Well, well let's talk about that because that's that's the, the the whole issue of the school boards that school board members that are being sued for the free speech violations of blocking people on their Facebook page. Are we talking about the same yes, thing? Yes. And so um, and. You know, that's we Gabby Dow, when she came and visited, we spoke at length about that. And their personal, they were created as personal web uh, Facebook pages, but they are really de facto school board trustee pages to discuss school board business. They were blocked as anyone could do on a personal page, but as a public official, that's like, blocking your constituents from talking to you. Right. Right. So so look it needs to be discussed and evaluated and transparent to the community. Yeah. Is it your school board Facebook page or is it your personal page? Yeah. You're claiming as a school board member it is your school board member page. Then you need to treat it like a school board member. You're a public official. You should not block anybody. Agreed. I mean even even as when you put yourself out there to be an elected official, you're going to get heat from some people. It doesn't matter how great of an elected official you are, just the nature of the of the game, right? Um, so, I, even for a personal page, blocking people to me is just it's a foolish thing to do, you know, when you're an elected official because it just invites this kind of controversy, right. and right. then and then yeah, and then a tremendous amount of resources being wasted on legal fees to defend them. Right. Um, but I, I, again, I know you need to have all the facts when you, if you want to address it, but if we have 80 whatever percent of our school budget going to 
the costs of personnel for their for their salaries and benefits, et cetera. That's where you're going to need to figure out a way to make cuts, and those are tough decisions. Right, right, mm-hmm. and, and and they will be tough decisions because nobody wants to say you're cutting someone's salary. Right. But that's basically what that 86% is. So at the same time where I'm evaluating that 86%, I will have a plan, a parallel plan, to work with the PTAs and the unions Good. and our state assembly members to ha- put pressure on the governor and the legislators to truly put money into education because how can we teach them how can we be the sixth largest economy in the country and and have one of the lowest ranked schools in the in the nation mm-hmm. that that just blows my mind so well, why aren't we putting more money into our schools so that we can educate our, the the students in our state to be part of that global economy and then we're the state's doing a little bit better with the universities by offering free tuition for the first two years at a community college. Mm -hmm. And there are some criteria, so look that up before you blanket that. Um, And I think it starts this year for the graduating seniors. But I think it was like 17%, it might be up to 20% of our students in state went to our schools. So that means our kids have to go out of state and pay higher fees. Oh, geez, don't get me started on this one. Well, but it's yeah. a fact. It and, is. And That's unbelievable. Are, it, they're, they're, they can't move past the elephant in the room, yet I don't, I don't understand. I, and this is the part of politics I may never understand, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Well, you should, and, and bravo for trying, uh, because we, knew, we do need to transform the model. If you don't mind, I want to share my opinion on this. <laughs> this is this is important. <laughs> uh, roughly speaking, about half of the state budget goes to education. Now that that includes higher education, but also K through 12. So I, I don't know if it's like in the high 40s or the low 50s, but it's around 50 percent. And we are in unquestionably the highest tax state in the nation by far. If you look at our income tax rates, our sales tax rates, our gas tax rates, and even our property tax, while the rate itself, you might argue, is low, the dollars that we spend is high because our property values are so high. Right. So there's a huge amount of money going to education, in my opinion. The question is, is how is it spent? Okay. Because if you look at the ratio of teachers to non-teachers, to administration or staff, that ratio was you know, close to one to one or two to one, but now it's dramatically different. And there are so many more people involved in schools that aren't teachers. And those costs are significant. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, it's gonna take out of the box thinking to be able to prioritize all of these non-teaching jobs and how important they are. It's also gonna take out of the box thinking to see how teachers can teach more students more effectively, you know, using new technology. You know, I've always been a fan of of, um, identifying the best, say, physics teacher in all of Poway Unified and then putting them into the, the Rancho Bernardo Performing Arts Center and having a lecture hall for 
students that are on college track because they're eventually going to be in those lecture halls. Yeah, yeah. And that way, the number one physics teacher can move around all the different high schools. And instead of having, I'm going to make this number up, 10 physics teachers, you could have one really good one and then a junior person teach more kids, less money, and do it more effectively. Certainly an option. And that's also an option that I was thinking of more with the CTE model because we have firefighting at Mount Carmel, we have digital media at RB High, we have mechanics and FFA at uh, Poway High, but not all the students in the district are able to attend those because they don't go to that school. And even though there are few inter-district transfers for students to go to that, it's not, it's not publicized. Right. And, and there's a reason for that probably because how would we make that work? A lot. What if we had a lot of kids that wanted to go to Poway High for FFA or mechanics? Or what if so? So the school couldn't possibly handle that many, which is why we haven't advertised it as much. I don't know the exact reason, mm. but I think in order for our students to have the most opportunity to be successful in life in a career that they want, mm-hmm. we have to give them other broader opportunities. Yeah. Not just all college, right. AG, right. and I think we need to look at a different way of putting forth the CTE programs in a similar way that you mentioned. But we're not having those conversations. No, and, and this this is the conversation to have uh, because we look at it in the news. The kids are graduating from college with $100,000 in debt, and they've got a... Forgive me for saying this. For they have a, a degree in classical um, art history, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that that isn't as marketable in, right. in the workforce, and then they end up working at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this person could have been, you know, gotten an internship, developed some skills, and and then pursued a a money making career that didn't involve college. And maybe they went to college at night and pursued their love of right. classic art right. history, right. Um, but they didn't depend on it. But And I hear Starbucks is, you know, helps pay for college. So mm-hmm. no, let's, let's in, let the students know, you go to Starbucks every day. Why don't you get a job <laughs> there? <laughs> well, yeah. And now I don't know the program in depth to know if Starbucks has you go into specific fields so that they can then hire you or... You know, if you have to pay back, kind of like the military ROTC program, but um, who knows? Who knows? But there's definitely a lot of conversation. There are definitely employers. I mean, you know, your daughter went to Cal Poly. My daughter is going to Cal Poly. And when, um, uh, you know, she's going to be, she's already been hired by an accounting firm and they're going to pay for her to get additional education beyond her bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's all these resources that are available. But I want to circle back to this other point we talked about, how each of the high schools has their own area of specialization, you know, and it's not heavily publicized. You know, you mentioned Poway with ag and mechanical, but like Westview has ROTC, mm-hmm. another great one. Yeah. To me, this is a hidden gem that could be unearthed. And you could provide a, a method where students could imagine having your your you know, your math, science, you know, English classes in the morning, and then after lunch, going to one of those schools for those 
special, you know, C, what do you say, CTE? Mm-hmm. What does that stand for? Career tech education. Oh, yeah. So, so go to these other schools for CTE. I mean, if there is a demand for this thing, you can find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and sure, some schools are going to get a surge of students coming to theirs, but those, there's going to be students at that school that are going to want to go to a different high school, and it could potentially even out. Well, what if we just threw the idea out there and had students fill out, um, uh, what are the forms they fill out every year for the classes they want for the next year? Um, forget the name of that form. But, and we don't change anything, but we take that information and we work on it yeah. and, and then figure out a schedule mm-hmm. that might work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that's one way to do it. We could also be uh, strongly encouraging transfers within the school district. You know, I mean, if if there if there are children that live in, you know, I'm going to make this up. They live in Penasquitos and they want to come to Ranch Bernardo High. If they are able to get transportation, great. Or maybe we can find transportation for them. But if they have a desire to go to that school to get that special CTE training, we should figure out ways to make it happen. And I think the district would say we will. But I know that it's not that easy. Well, yeah, nothing's easy. (laughs) I mean, anything worth living for that has value is difficult. But um, it takes out of But there are many people that don't even know about the CTE program. That's a problem. And so this year... Uh, it's my third year of helping with the Poway Unified College and Career Fair. Yeah. Um, this year I was uh, co-chair, and I brought in more workshops um, that shared different occupations. I had Lynn McConville there. Well, she chose to be there, which I'm very grateful that yes. she was there to educate people about that program. Terrific. Um, so it's 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 an education. It's you know times are changing than when we were in school. So we need to inform our parents. You know that's what the PTAs mm-hmm. are there for. That's um, what the foundations can be there for. Is the ongoing. Uh, education of the parents, awareness of Mm -hmm. not just the programs that are available, but the dangers, you know, the little zip drives that are really not zip drives, parents. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know (laughs) what you mean. But that's, that's where we have to utilize our PTAs, Mm -hmm. um, which are a great source. This is where you come in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Go to them, inform them, and have them educate more parents. Right. Because they're at the units. They're at the schools. Agreed. Because I'm sure the, the, the hired employees within the district office are probably burdened, and they've got a lot of things going on. You're the out-of-the-box thinker, right? So you have the relationships with PTA and all these other community organizations that you've participated in. Hey, you could be the evangelizer. Of CTE. Oh dear, I'm not sure that's a good word to use for me. <laughs> okay, pardon me. I know Apple, the company Apple, has always used that term, you know, to kind of spread the word. Yes. Okay, yes. but but you could be the oracle. How's that? There we go. Okay, <laughs> and uh, to share that message and publicize that message, not just in Area C, but in the whole district, because you don't really hear that from the other school board members. You know, they're kind of hunkered down really in the minutia of what's going on with the school, school district. There's no one that's really, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the voice to the community. 
um, that could be you. It's kind of what I've been doing for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, but if, but if you were on the school board, you have a greater platform to do that. And only the voters can make that difference. Well, good. And together, we're going to make a change. That's good. That's been my motto is you can make a difference with your your work, um, with special ed, CTE, VAPA, the, the visual and performing arts, whatever. But together... We can be a united voice to say this is where we want to go to our district leadership, but also to the state. So so with the state and the funding, it's going to be changing the way, like you said, the California, the way the state gives the money to the schools. And yeah. that's the CLCFF, the local control funding yeah. formula. It's not equitable. No, it's not. So that, that needs to be evaluated. Well, I know that. Again, I, I remember the numbers from about four years ago, but uh, Poway Unified, the money per child, per student, uh, excuse me, per student per year was $1,000 less than what San Diego Unified was getting, you know? And I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Right. But, it, but it's driven by all kinds of unusual, mm-hmm. the, the formula right. is, is a- Outdated. Outdated. It's, it's archaic. Complex. It's, it's, it's a cluster. Yes. Higher than calculus. <laughs> yeah. So um, that needs to be addressed. Yes, absolutely. Because it's it's not it's not right. I mean, don't be afraid to. Ha- somebody's got to have these tough conversations. Right. And I say the incumbents have had four years to do that. One has had more of an opportunity than the other because of the three-two split. Um, so now let's just. Get a clean slate. Get me in there. I'm not afraid to have the, I've got four years to prove that I'm not afraid to have these conversations. Um, and I do it with um, amicable conversations. I yeah. listen and I need to be taught too. I don't know everything, but I'm willing to sit down at the table. I have a new campaign slogan idea for okay. you. So Terry Norwood, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> I'd prefer to go to a Hamilton Hamilton slogan. What was that? <laughs> I've used a couple of them, and my daughter says, you know, not everybody knows about the movie Hamilton or the the play Hamilton, so okay. i got to cut back on it. I want to. Um, I haven't seen that. I hear it's fabulous. Oh, it's fabulous. Yes. Um, we, we did get to see it. Very feel very blessed. Um, it's... I want to be in the room where it happens. Uh, and that, that's I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> okay, no, but that's that's from the movie. That's from the play. Yeah. No, just so, you know, mind me asking, did you see it when they traveled into San Diego, or did yes. you, you saw it on, saw on it Broadway? Saw it in San Diego. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a good yeah, deal. I, I always, yeah, I remember when it was. It was maybe what about six, nine months ago. It was really hot and heavy for Hamilton, right? When did it come out? Here it was. Yeah. But it had been on Broadway for a couple years before yeah. it got here. Yeah. How much so were tickets we were, on Broadway? They were well over $1,000. Oh, yeah. Well, here they were over that, closer to the date. Yeah. We happened to, well, we knew ahead of time because we're history, musical people. Oh, good. And uh, my daughter knew all of Oklahoma before she was three. Oh. Took her to see <laughs> awesome. it at Moonlight because we lived here way back then. And she was like, that's not the way it goes. She doesn't look like that. I'm like, Lauren, sit down before they kick us out of here. <laughs> um, so we love these. So she got online or got on the phone to look into season tickets or how much would a Hamilton ticket cost? Well, it was like over a thousand. And then 
the person on the phone was wonderful and said, well, what if you considered season tickets? Because you know, they try okay. to push season tickets, right? Got to make those sales. Right. Um, Smart person. So I'm not afraid to say she was offered $800 for season tickets last season to see for. And so we bought five for five of us bought tickets, season tickets. That's awesome. Hamilton. 800 bucks, which is a heck of a lot of money for a play. I get it. Oh, but, but that's a special we event. Got seven shows, actually. Yeah. Um, and then as it got closer to the day, she was getting emails oh. asking if she um, <laughs> would want to sell her tickets. Yeah, well, then, see, yeah. That, then that would be, that's maybe the entrepreneurial yeah. opportunity there. No. Um, we, it but, was awesome. But, we well, turned you, it into a family night. Good. And well, you, for, to you, the value was much greater than Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I really want because I'm like a history guy, and I I, I enjoy musicals as well. Um, hey, let's talk about uh, um, you know the whole notion of performing arts hmm. as a curriculum at Poway High, or excuse me, at Poway Unified. Forgive me, my children went to Poway High. It's in my brain. <laughs> I'll so, do that too. I understand. Um, tell me your thoughts. I mean, everyone wants more performing arts education, especially at the at the elementary levels. But it's always a question of funding. Some schools have foundations. There's inequitability in funding. So what are your thoughts on that topic? On visual and performing arts or foundation inequitability? Both. Yeah, the whole thing. Boy. Um, I firmly believe student students learn differently. Mm-hmm. Like my son... Um, was deaf, so he didn't learn his alphabet, so he had to to go through speech pathology and relearn. That's maybe not the best example, but there are students that can do well in a Montessori-type program, which is similar to Design 39. Then there are other kids that are more tactile, mm-hmm. um, so you take a little bit of the Montessori and you do um, what we try to do in public education, make it more streamlined or um, what would you call it? Systems in place. And I'm not a teacher, so I'm not sure these are the right words. But um, student, basically, children learn differently. Yes. So we need to offer different opportunities. And some kids... If they can learn about history through music, why why not? Why not have those options? Yes. So that's the great thing about PTA is we offer this reflections um, program where students can um, submit their form of art, whether it's in writing, video, dance, of whatever the theme is for that year. Why can't we do that in the classrooms at different times? And I do know that there are teachers mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. offer that. Um, so the, to me, ensuring that we have arts K through 12 is important. Um, right now in elementary school level, there is no funding for art. It's paid for by the PTAs to pay Well, the volunteers don't get paid. They pay for the program, and then volunteers come in and teach students about art. Um, 
So that covers pretty much the vi- the arts part, or to some degree. Yeah, but you you brought up something that I had never considered before, and and it was usually people think of you know visual and performing arts as this sort of separate entity, this separate universe from all of our traditional reading, writing, arithmetic, history, etc. But there's no reason they can't be combined. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you can teach history um, through the visual and performing arts. That's powerful. And yeah. you can accomplish, you know, you can get great leverage in your budget doing it that way. Because mm-hmm. the thing that strikes me is when you're talking about learning history through like a play, yeah. and we're talking about Hamilton and yeah. how wonderful that is. Yeah. Now compare that to the alternative and you think of, you know, Ben Stein and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? <laughs> anyone know Smoot Hawley? Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. 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 Um, so... Yeah, traditional history classes might work for you know highly motivated college track AP kids, but not for everybody. Well, even some of the college track AP kids are not just book learners. True. You know, you, it, we think of education in the classroom as give them a book and they learn from the book. Not everybody is that type of a learner. That's right. So to have alternatives, like I know um, there's at least one professor um, sorry, Professor Profe, okay. uh, that teaches Spanish, that has songs for the students to learn Spanish. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was in high school, there was a teacher who taught us the first person pronouns. I, he, she, we, they. <laughs> okay. I remember it. 30 okay. years. No, it's over 30 That's years. That's awesome. So... Incorporate a little bit of it, no matter how goofy you look. Oh, that's how people remember. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm definitely for in the integration of that. And when I took the character counts training, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be big in Powell Unified. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one picked up on that because it's just us. But there needs to be more character in our I completely leadership. agree. So when I was at that training, we had to come up with a plan to teach character. And so the two teachers that I was put in a group with came up with a song. I can't remember the song, but it was popular at the time. Might have been Happy, the Happy song. Uh Um, And it was great. We looked silly. We were off key, but we had a lot of fun. (laughs) And it was was well received. so that's the. I think we we should all we should have visual art, visual and performing arts, K through twelve, and that's just going to take supporting the PTAs right now because there's no funding for it in the elementary school levels, and then collaboration with the different departments at the schools to. It's out of the box thinking, isn't it? It is. And that's what you're good at. That's what you represent is the out of the box thinking, this different approach. Right. Yay. Right. Because your competitors, they've been battling it out three to two on the board. Yes. Grudge mode. Yeah. You know, and then here comes Terry. That doesn't get us anywhere. Right. Here comes Terry. Here comes Teresa Norwood, you know, with these new ideas, (laughs) you know, and collaborating with PTA and with, you know, businesses in the private sector and you have something unique to offer. I do. It's my time. It is your time. So what? So what did you learn from when you, you said when you ran two years ago in 2016? To compare it to now, now it's a lot more you know intensity. It's faster moving. But what were some of your learnings from your old campaign 
that you have changed in your approach this time? Politics is politics. Like it or not, mm-hmm. you can't change everything. Um, so you have to learn to play politics and do your best to be ethical. And that doesn't even sound good enough for, for what I mean. Um, you, you have to be confident in that who you know you are and that your friends know who you are, your, your relationships that you've built, they all know who you are. So that when the negative stuff comes out, you can stand firm that you know you didn't do that. And keep trying because you know you're doing the right thing. All right. So two mm-hmm. years ago, um, I was very qualified for the job, um, but there were certain people that didn't want me in that job. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it at that um, because I don't like to go the dirty route, but that's definitely what happened. And um, I think many of those people see the work that I've done in just in the last two years and then have looked back at the work I've done for over 30 years and go, wow, it's time. Good. And that is why I have gotten so much more support this this time around. Well, it's it's not uncommon for people to take a couple of tries before they are victorious. I mean, even one of your competitors, TJ Zane, he ran what like ten years ago, twelve years ago, and lost, and then he came back a second time and won. So it's um, not unusual, and you've proven yourself. But I think you touched on something that's really important, and that is authenticity. Right, just to be you, to be yourself, and um, and stick to your own core values, your own sense of what's ethically right, mm-hmm. what's moral, and yeah, in a political campaign, there's always a bunch of trash being thrown around, mm-hmm. and it can get ugly, mm-hmm. and we've seen that in various school board races, both now and previous, and and particularly in your unique Area C race, we're mm-hmm. seeing it. Um, yeah, so if you can stay true to who you are, then all that trash just goes off your back, like on, how they say, like water off the back of a duck, right? Yeah, and you know, there are people that use the, the quick line to say, oh, you just got to toughen your skin. Well, yes, you do. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm still human like of anybody course. else. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the skin gets a layer oh, taken yeah. off when somebody tries to do something, you know, unethical. Right. Um, or they'll so, try to mischaracterize your position. Right. You know, right. like, like, like we need to save money on our school board, uh, our school budget. And then all of a sudden people say, oh, you want children to starve, you know, right. Right. <laughs> you know, people will distort right. positions right. for political hay. And you think that, oh, that only happens in D.C., <laughs> but it happens right here. Oh, yeah. It happens in 92128 zip code. Right. Even in the school board race. Yep. Amazing. Wow. You know, um, I, I, I remember, you know, I, when I ran four years ago, I, I said to myself that I should have taken better notes in my journal through the race because it would have made great content for a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, or a screenplay. Because mm-hmm. 
Because all the stuff, I mean, tell me, what's the most unusual thing that you've encountered in, in this campaign season? The craziest thing someone's asked you or the weirdest circumstance you've run across? I didn't prepare for that question. I know, I know. <laughs> weirdest. Okay, I've traveled the world. I'm not sure I, I, you've seen it anything all. Anything surprises me. Yeah. So weird. Anything unusual? You said you were you were spotted by the paparazzi, <laughs> right? Well, I called him the paparazzi because yeah. it was so unusual. So, as much as I put myself out there and I'm active in the community, it still um, causes me. Um, to blush when someone says, "You ran two years. You ran two years ago, didn't you?" Um, and I'm looking at them, going, "What? What did I run?" Yeah. Um, you ran for school board, right? And I said, "Actually, I I did. It's yeah. amazing you remember that." Um, they said, "Well, we need you to run again this time." Good. And like, good. I don't know who you are. That make you feel good, but didn't it? it made me feel good. Yeah. It made you know, somebody listen to what I was saying two years ago, and I think I know where I know them, that person from, and it mm -hmm. was the high school, and I'm very mm -hmm. active, or was very mm -hmm. active at RB High. Um, so they see that I'm doing what I say I do, and I'm the outside-the-box thinker, and you know, we had a, a meeting with at least 30 parents, which seems like a low percentage for the amount of students that graduate at the high school. But when you think about how many parents actually participate, having 30 parents in a room discussing one particular issue is yeah, is big. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So we discussed whether to have grad night on campus or off campus. Hmm. Parents have a say. Yes. Oh, imagine Students that. Students have a say. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at both sides. You know, let's look at how much it costs to go off campus. Let's look at how much it costs to do on campus. So you were the chair of grad night at RB, right? A just, few years. <laughs> did you just do this past one, 2018? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just know that's a, a gigantic project. It is, but we've streamlined it, and it's so cool. It's it's It really is different at RB, and I think there's another school that's, that's bringing in some of the same ideas. Um, so we did it in 2010 when our daughter graduated, and that's when it was huge, and all the schools were keeping up with each other and outdoing one another. And <laughs> we were all in this big warehouse building things. And we're like, ooh, I like that. Can I borrow that? Um, and so they bring it over here and build it and make something even bigger. And they're like, I want that back now. But you traded back and forth with each other um, and, and shared ideas. It was great. Um, 2013, I think it was, 13 or 14, there wasn't a grad night chair at RB High. And a friend of mine knew that I was trying to get back into the school um, since I was moving over from being a, a Harrier helicopter mom. Oh, I, I saw uh, that on your video <laughs> on your website. That was a really good description. Military, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to move over as, as the Harrier mom and let my son do some self-advocacy and make some mistakes in a safe sure. area between myself and you know the school. So I said, I'll do that. Um, but I said we're gonna we're gonna stay off campus because it had been taken off campus. So I want to see what it's like off campus, so mm -hmm. that I can understand that and not just be a proponent for on campus. Oh, I've done. I was just the construction chairman in 2010, which is huge. Yeah, it was that year. Um, 
But being the whole or the committee chair in 2013, I think it was, even off campus, that was a lot to coordinate. Yeah, and my it's biggest, a huge job. My biggest stress was the busing, getting the kids on the bus, staying oh. nearby the at the bus. And then when we were there, keeping the kids um, on the site and back on the bus and back home and getting the parents to ride on the bus um, as chaperones, because you have to have that. Um, so... Th- and and the thing the other thing I didn't like about the off campus was it was more expensive and we couldn't provide the students as much uh, games and stuff because we had to do the busing which costs a lot of money and probably rent a facility yes yeah yeah <laughs> so I did that though so that I get an understanding of what it's like so the mm-hmm. next year is when we had that conver- well I did it on campus. Um, and I included a few kids and a few parents because it was brand new again and there wasn't a lot of support. But we went, I made a smaller diagram of what it was like in 2010 and painted all the panels black and had the party pals, I think it was, come in with all the games and stuff. And it was simple, but it, it worked. So the next year, I thought, you know, there were some grumblings about, oh, that didn't work very well, blah, blah, blah. So we mm-hmm. had a meeting. And that's when the 30 parents showed up. Uh-huh. And we had a discussion. And, I, and I, I showed them the numbers for both of them. And on campus is significantly cheaper. Yeah. Um, and you get more entertainment. Yeah. And there's just something about having your last party on campus. Yeah. There are a lot of people that think, yeah, whatever. You're going to grow up and go out into the real world soon enough. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a lifetime memory. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. let's make it easier on the people that are putting it together and make it a little more financially feasible. Because when it's off campus, the tickets are higher, too. Not yeah. only do you have to fundraise more, but the tickets are higher. So, yeah. so that's what we've done. They may do something different now that I'm not there. And that's fine. They have that prerogative. Well, each um, person comes in with the torch and they make it better. That's right. And, that's right. Better it, or different, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I I loved transforming it because the second year, that's when I asked the art teacher to have their, her students involved. So she... Beautiful. Um, I said, this is kind of where we're going. And she had some of the students design a facade because we went from that whole 3D building the Hotel Dell thing that my husband built that was absolutely fabulous and beautiful, but very time consuming and it costs a lot more money. And the kids weren't involved. So I wanted them to be a part of it so they could have some ownership and then make some decisions, see how those decisions affected. Perfect. You know? Yeah. So the art class um, designed facades and then between some, uh, I think it was ASB and some parents and PTA, we picked the facade based on ease of transferring it and painting it and getting it done. Um, and we turned the facade into just a one dimension panel. There were like 13 panels that were mm-hmm. nailed together. Um, so they drew the artwork for the facade and then they painted it. The last two weeks of school, the art students came over and traced it and painted it. 
Oh. It was awesome. They probably did a great job. They, they were did. probably excited about they it. They did. Yeah. Um, digital media would film uh, some of what we did. Screen printing class. They, um, we gave them the theme for that year. So they came up with different designs. We had probably 10 to 30, depending on the year. And then between ASB and the parents, we, at PTA, we picked the, the shirt design and then the screen printing class printed the shirts. So awesome. Yeah. Engineering class. They're the ones, I mean, all of them wowed me, but there's one year, one parent got involved with the engineering class. They would definitely make the fire pits um, with the fake fire. So mm -hmm. they had to download somehow to make a fire pit with, to look like real flames. Yeah. Um, and they got points in class for doing that. One year, a parent got involved, and they made a volcano that worked. It was so awesome. Gosh, what else? So this is almost a little bit like CTE that we were yes. talking about before, yeah. and yeah. all these innovative ways to teach kids interesting things in interesting ways, yeah. um, while also getting added value, in this case, for grad night. And, and buy into it. And buy in. Yes. That, that's gigantic. Yes. Because how proud were those students at grad nights telling their friends, hey, see that over there? I did that. So we put the facade up yeah. like the Friday before graduation mm -hmm. so that they could see it the next Monday, not just the seniors, but freshmen, yeah. sophomore, and juniors. There were kids taking pictures in front of it. Oh, I bet. It was awesome. It just probably blew everyone away. Like, oh, my God, what cool. is this? Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. So it was hard to leave RB. Of all the, you know, coming on board and having so many connections um, with Dave LeMaster, you know, I didn't know I'd have those connections. But he went back to school in his 30s like I did. Um, he has a Lauren and a Sean like I do. Oh, really? Um, he was wow. wearing a little cross shirt that day. And I'm thinking, this is just voodoo. Um, but we got to talking and I signed up for or went out for school site council and worked with him on the safety plan there mm -hmm. and the LCAP where the funding would go um, modifying what the needs were based on the results from last year's not just testing but the evaluations from the teachers in the classrooms very eye-opening and then the parallel working with PTA then I got a little more excited and wanted to make some changes so I became PTA president so <laughs> well, this is great because you you were PTA president. See, this is what's what makes you different than your, than you know than Zane or Sellers, is that you have that connection at the grassroots and all these community organizations. You know where um, Zane and Sellers, Zane particularly, is a much more of a political animal. You're much more of the community. Um, you know. Grant their parents as well, but you've been very active in the activities in those high schools. Mm -hmm. And what PTA, grad night, what, mm -hmm. else, what else am I missing? Those are two well, huge ones. College and career readiness programs. Yeah. I added the career readiness to the RB High School mm -hmm. college programs section because I didn't want it to be all about college. Not every kid is going to go to college. That's right. Sorry, I said it. It's right. true. Well, they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a good fit for everybody. Yeah. And my son's studying to be a firefighter. He did go to Palomar for two years, much to many people uh, in the district's that's a, surprise. But we won't get into that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a good career. And Special ed can go to college. Of course. Yes. 
Especially if they're <laughs> if, if if they know how to teach the those students properly, yeah, they, they can have, maximize they what they DRCs, get out of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it comes from building that child within, helping that special needs student, any student, showing finding their potential. Yes, and so. that's why it's individual learning, right? Because mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. got to craft it just to right. make that rose blossom. Right. And and I've not only been active in the schools i i've been active with military yeah but also in rancho bernardo um i last year i was elected to the rb planning board um, and i joined the community foundation because the community foundation is the one that has been giving grants to the schools so i've been recipient of those grants at at the high school level um, for grad night Mm -hmm. for the programs so once my kids graduated, I decided to join that group to raise more money so that we could give more back to our community. Oh, wonderful. Um, so those are, those are two prominent organizations in the community. But also in the area of Westwood, we've had parking issues in the South Palomar College campus oh, yeah. uh, come in to RB. And I wrote a letter early on when we were still in the EIR process, which is an environmental impact report, mm-hmm. um, that started off saying, I enjoy college communities because of the diversity that of people it brings in and the culture yeah. that, is, that yeah. is established in the, in the community. And I would love if Rancho Bernardo could become one of those communities. Sure. However, I have seen that Palomar wasn't coming in very cordially. They had some community forums, but when you look at what their plan um, put forth, it wasn't very friendly to our community. So not only did I attend those community forums with Palomar, but I went to planning board meetings, community council meetings, talked with my neighbors, And the consensus in our community was this will really impact us, not just from parking, but the traffic on Rancho Bernardo Road. And then in a disaster, like if we have another firestorm, it's a whole nother group of people that are going to be put on RB Road. Mm -hmm. And for our part of the neighborhood, that's that's going to be a huge impact. So. I helped to get a petition together so that Palomar College would have to take our concerns more seriously. And, and, it, and it did. Mark Kersey helped um, the city have a larger voice so that we could have a better traffic pattern. Um, and it's yet to be seen if that's going to work, but that's what we have right now. Um, the college is has given the students free parking for the year. We're finding a few gl- glitches with that, but we at least have a relationship with the college now that we've we've talked mm-hmm. to them about that, mm-hmm. and they're working on educating the students. So I'm I've been involved in our community a lot too. So I have a lot of connections to bring to the district to help us with internships or fundraising. I've worked recently with PUSD Foundation, Partners in Education, and the CTE program with the College and Career Fair. Mm -hmm. So 
we've already been talking about things we can do in the future. School so, board member aside. So this is terrific. I mean, again, I'm just trying to think of the ways that you're special, you know, when compared to your two competitors. And all I keep hearing is Rancher Bernardo this, Rancher Bernardo that. That's a great thing because they're they're Penasquitos uh, guys. Mm-hmm. And you're, I hear Rancher Bernardo PTA, Rancher Bernardo Grad Night, Rancher Bernardo High School, Rancher Bernardo Planning Board, Rancher Bernardo uh, um, uh, Community, what was it? The Community Foundation. Foundation. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Um, active in Westwood and, and the ad- addressing the issues of Palomar College. I mean, you're the RB candidate. A few, Okay, yeah. You are. And Neighborhood Watch Director. So that gets me all over RB to help transform. We're doing a sign survey to find Mm -hmm. out where the signs are, the Mm -hmm. BORA signs, so that we can replace them. I got a grant from the Community Foundation to replace some of those signs. Nice. Um, So it's not just Westwood. And I think what we can do in RB will benefit our neighboring communities by being safe and aware and keeping our community up and being a hub that has good business and is neighborly, that will make our neighbors want to come to us and Mm -hmm. utilize our businesses um, and encourage people to continue to move here. Nice. So keeping it modern, changing with the times, because it's changing from the retirement community it was established. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we've evolved beyond that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're the right person to bring this up with. But, oh dear. Okay, so <laughs> I've lived Help me in, out, Tony. No, okay. I've lived in Poway for 22 years, and so Rancho Bernardo has always been our neighbor. And I have one beef with Rancho Bernardo, and I don't know who needs we to. We got your favorite color. You, well, yeah, <laughs> no. Why does the Rancho Bernardo logo use a backwards R? It, it always struck me like Toys R Us, you know, like the backwards R. And um, that probably goes back, way back in history, right? I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost positive it has to do with the branding on the cattle that was ah, here. Ah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so that when you when you have to make an iron yeah. for to brand your cows right. or horses, whatever, um, Okay. You want to use the least amount of metal, and so. Okay, I can appreciate that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'll call Nancy Canfield tomorrow and yeah. find out if that's well, the main reason. But I'm pretty sure that's part of it. But I have another answer. Oh, what's that? That's because we're different, and we don't mind being different. Uh-huh. And we're because <laughs> yeah. it would be boring to be forward. Yeah. Be. I mean, right. you know, come on. You know, I, I one of the things I always enjoy doing is sometimes our family like to just get a quick meal at Denny's, right? Because it's fun, <laughs> and it's cheap, and we like it. And in the lobby at the Rancho Bernardo Road Denny's, there's like this historical chronology. Yeah, timeline. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they and talk in Vons. about. Pardon me. And, and in Vons. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The Vons on Bernardo Center. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to go check that mm-hmm. out. I wonder if either of and those. And this is where I can throw in my Tony Pepperoni. Uh, issue, right? Oh, please. Because of history and okay. what's on the walls there. They painted over the brick wall that oh. all the students signed oh. over the years. Oh. oh, man. That was an icon in RB. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we should start a new tradition. We got to So yet. that's the rebel in me, though. I could, you know, kind of be. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? There's a rebel with the backwards R. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Um, 
they do. I'm I'm very happy to have them there. Oh, Harley's was fun, mm-hmm. but when Graziano's was there, they had such a great relationship with RB High School that. I think Tony Pepperoni's is starting to do that too because we just ordered pizza from there to um, give to the students who Mm -hmm. helped with the college fair. Yeah. Um, And they gave us a wonderful discount. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll just continue a relationship with them so that we can start. Ah, now you're thinking. Yeah, you got to bring it back. You can explain the history and why it's important. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, we we enjoyed Graziano. So it's too bad that they switched hands. And then, you know, um, when it was O'Harley's, you know, Tony Russo, who who owned O'Harley's, he was he sat in your chair about a month ago Mm -hmm. when we did a podcast. He's Mm -hmm. a great guy. Mm -hmm. So um, so uh, Terry, what else would you like to share with the community, with voters about you and your candidacy and your platform, your history, what else have we not addressed that you think is important to share? Hmm. I'm now on the Palomar Council PTA. Really? Um, which, That's the, which is the umbrella for yeah. all the unit PTAs. Oh, great. Um, I mean, I've been on it. I've been a part of it as a PTA president because... Um, the presidents of each school go to that, and we collaborate and learn. So, what, what geography does that encompass? Powell Unified School District. The Palomar. Pa- the Palomar Council. Yeah. Incorporates the the Powell Unified School District. But only that, or does mm-hmm. they? It's not broader. No. Okay. Because we have thirty nine potential schools. Okay. We only have thirty one right now. But we have 39 potential schools, and that's a oh. lot for a council to have. Yeah. Because you're the manager, and yeah. you oversee, and you guide, and you mentor, and help mm-hmm. get them on track, or ah. and, and you educate them. So the school board has a member that comes mm-hmm. and gives an update. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers Union has a representative that comes and updates. Um, so it's where a parent representative comes to learn what's going on in the district and then take it back to their unit. Okay. So, and Good. then we've got, so I'm, I'm on that as a board member. Oh, that's awesome. Than just an attendant. And we've started, we've developed a mentor program. So Beautiful. that each of us have four units mm-hmm. um, that we call and maintain a relationship with so that if they have questions, um, they have someone to call. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's beautiful because it's this nice support organization of volunteers that are kind of outside of the box, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of the box <laughs> thing, outside of the box of the, of the employees of the school district, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's this, this broader support organization. Yeah. But a that's very great. important section of stakeholders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. question. That I find don't really have a seat in the school board meetings. No, no, you never um, hear you've from got, You've got the dais with the school board members and the district leadership. Um, you have one or two parents that come up regularly and are watching things that go on. Um, and then when something balloons mm-hmm. or festers, it, um, they'll have a small group that comes up. But the, the teachers' union is always there. There's typically um, a, the support staff union that's always there, um, and several other staff members in the back, um, district staff members in the back. 
Um, but very, I find that there's not a parent group that's represented. That they feel like they can be part of the conversation. Um, when do the parents get a meeting with the superintendent, like the unions do when they do their collective bargaining and just determine what their salaries are going to be? So, um, Lisa, I'm going to put you on the spot. Lisa and I had a meeting with the superintendent to start that dialogue to say, we want a seat at the table. Well, Matt, I mean, the, the student, is it ex officio? Is that the right word? That there's a student representative on the board? Yes. I imagine yes. if there was a parent. Yeah, I'm not sure that's where the parent needs to be. Mm-hmm. But just b- because there could be parents on the board, um, there usually are parents on the board. And I don't know how we, if you put a parent on the board, then you need a teacher rep mm-hmm. on the board. So yeah. I don't know that, you know, in a support staff person. I'm just talking about in the room. Ah, okay, in the room. Um, you Fair. can. You've got um, college-bound group that represents themselves. You've got teachers' unions that's representative. You've got support staff that are represented. Who represents the parents? Um, so great, great point. That's what Lisa and I are wanting to do this year. That's a that's a great initiative because mm-hmm. a lot of parents are. They need someone to advocate for yes, them. Yes, they do. Yeah, because they're so busy being a parent. Well, and they yeah they may not know all the ins and outs of mm-hmm. certain issues or what's available, and so I think they rely on PTAs to do that. And so um, Lisa's got a great plan um, for us this year. Really having us reach beyond what we've normally been doing. Nice. And as VP leadership directly under her, I love it. I love that we're changing things and educating parents and and doing things for the students, but also ensuring that the district knows we're here and we're valuable because when the district values um, the PTAs, the parents are going to value the PTAs. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've seen the decline in membership in some areas, and so we're wanting to build up, build the membership, because PTA is, does so many different things, not just legislates or you know advocates to Sacramento, but um, parent awareness. Oh yeah, yeah, raise well, funds. Well, I've heard people describe it. It's a three-legged stool to determine the success of education. You know, like three-legged stool. So it's like the the parents, the teachers, and the student. Those three working together is how you maximize the value and quality of the education. Right. So, yeah, parents need to have a voice, have an advocate, have a seat at the table. And I have been heavily involved at every school that my children have been in. Where did they go? Tell, trace us through. Which elementary schools? Westwood Elementary. Okay. Then Bernardo Heights Middle School mm-hmm. and then RB High. Okay. Yeah. And so I've gotten to know a lot of the teachers um, because I think it's good that the teachers know your child. So send them a little note at the beginning, a little paragraph that says, this is how my child learns best. Um, here's some things that might be helpful. Um, but of course, I know you have a lot of kids in the room, so just want to. I'm sure a smart teacher would embrace that. 
yeah. I, I think they do. It, it just gets challenging, especially yeah, at high school with our large class sizes still. Yeah. So, but that um, put that out there so that people would know that I have a lot of teacher support, even though I don't have the teacher union. Oh yeah. Endorsement. The teachers union <laughs> and the teachers themselves yeah. are, are, can are, be very are, different. They can be, and just well, since I already put it out there, no. I didn't even get an interview. They, they yeah. did a friendly endorsement because, you know, just passed a pay raise. So Right, yeah. which, which put the, the district into a deficit, by the way. Yeah, by the um, way. Yeah. But that's, that's even true here in Area B, where you've got one candidate, Kevin Chusa, who has the union support. But then um, the other two candidates, Couvret and Gardier, have support of teachers, you know, various groups of right. teachers. Right, right. So, yeah, they're separate. Yeah. And so you have support of teachers. Mm -hmm. So good for you. And and two years ago, uh, when I ran, I had teachers come up to me, and it was it was a difficult conversation. Um, what happened? And I'm like, you're going to have to tell me because I had a two minute interview the previous time. Yeah, that's and just the, and there were like two questions asked. Well, yeah, that was. Uh, Ceremonial, probably, uh, right? Exactly. You know, they no had no ceremony made this year. No, yeah, <laughs> they just so cut just, it out completely. Just letting you know. Yeah, that's just not right. No conversation. No I mean, you're, table. yeah, that's just not right. So. Well, well, Tara, I've enjoyed our time. I mean, we've we've had a wonderful conversation. I know we went a lot longer than the forty-five minutes that we thought about in the yeah, beginning. I haven't yeah. checked the clock, but it's probably well over an hour. Probably, but yeah. that's okay. It's been fun. So, any of you who haven't done this yet. Once you get past the first five minutes, it's good. Okay. <laughs> and the nerves kind of calm. Okay. Well, it's just yeah. you, me, and a bunch of lights in here. So um, thank you very much. You're welcome. Terry Norwood, you're a candidate for Powie Unified School Board Area C, which is largely Rancho Bernardo. Mm -hmm. You're the Rancho Bernardo candidate. You're connected in the community with the PTA and the high schools and the planning commissions and the uh, the foundations in Rancho Bernardo. Mm -hmm. Um I wish you the best of luck. Thanks. I, and on the ballot, there's another funny way to, to look at my race. Oh, what's that? So there was one, an incumbent at the top and then me and then another incumbent. So I'm the cream in the middle of the Oreo. Ah, okay. <laughs> I like that. And it says Teresa. It on, says Teresa so that people know that Terry is a female. Okay. And that's smart. That's good thinking. You know, you got to just you gotta differentiate. Gotta make sure that all yeah. your... You know, little baskets are have a little bit in them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Terry, good luck to you these remaining few weeks, and, and best of luck on November 6th. Thank you very much. Thank you.